Football is coming, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long. Whether you're planning a day out with friends, searching for a last-minute deal, or buying a gift for a loved one, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. And it doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available, too. Best of all, my listeners will get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code ODDS, O-D-D-S, today. That's promo code ODDS for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Today's episode is brought to you by Captain Morgan, the official captain of Against All Odds. We're raising our glasses of Captain Morgan and Ginger to all you captains out there. Whether you're a tugboat captain, captain of your intramural dodgeball team, or just live to have fun. You're all captains in our book. No matter how you choose to live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right, welcome to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. We are two weeks away from NFL kickoff. Nothing else matters to me. It really doesn't. I actually, I feel like the other sports can tell football is coming back and they're getting a little jealous. Desperation trade in the NBA last night. Kyrie Irving's a Celtic. Isaiah Thomas is a Cavalier. Here's all the analysis you need for this one. Cavs and Celtics, same odds to win the NBA title as they were two days ago. So you could expect Cleveland to beat Boston 4-2 to two and then lose the Golden State four games to one. There. You don't have to listen to any podcasts, read any articles. You know everything you need to know about the NBA. So let's move on. Let's talk NFL Rookie of the Year odds. And, of course, the big fight in Vegas this Saturday, Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor. About five million ways to bet this fight, and I may jump on all of them. We'll be diving deep into prop bets. MMA great Nate Diaz will be joining me later on. He's fought Conor McGregor twice. We'll get some insight from him. Hopefully he can help us make money. Will Nate Diaz escort Floyd Mayweather to the ring is an actual prop you can bet on. Nate is going to give us the heads up later on, unless he wants me to kick his ass. That's uh, that's just how it's going to work. But as always, I'll be reviewing these prop bet categories with my wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta is here with me. What's up, fellas? What's going on, Sal? What's going on, buddy? So each week we give out our best bets, and between the four of us, we are one for eight, one in seven over the last two weeks. Isn't that right? That's that's pretty bad, right? <laughs> uh, well, it's terrible. We've one in seven the last two weeks, 0-4 this past week. My pick, I gave uh, over nine and a half rounds in the Ndongo-Crawford fight. That Ndongo got knocked out in the third round brutally by a body shot. I mean, it doesn't get worse than that. I had people on Twitter, you know, hammering me all, all over the place. So. Yeah. Um, not not good. Not Welcome good. to my world, brother Brian. Yeah, that wasn't good. Although I have to say, I was talking about this with uh, Simmons today. Still have not seen a conclusive angle on the the body shots are always weird, and I I've gotten hit in the in the stomach enough times to know that it it could knock you out. But I, I haven't seen a great angle on that on that second knockdown, which makes the the losing bet even hurt even more. But Harry, you had golf. What did you you had another guy that didn't even make the cut, right? What was it? I had uh, Luke Donald uh, to make the top 20 with Kevin Kisner, and Luke Donald didn't even make the cut, even though he finished second there last year. 
Kisner ended up falling a little bit to the wayside too. So on my two team parlay, it went zero and two. And yep. you you made an announcement. I heard you may be done with golf for a while. I may be done. We'll see. Like Darren, if Darren can, enti- Darren's like a, Darren at least came close last week in yeah. his uh, in his bat. And if he can entice me on Saturday with something, if he get, throws a couple stats at me, I may have to jump on with him. All right. Well, parlay kid. Yeah, you had Bud Cauley. You came the closest out of all uh, of yeah, us. Oh yeah. Well. Oh well, listen. I had Stenson. I gave you Stenson, top mm-hmm. twenty. He won it, right? Uh, I gave you Simpson. Uh, he mm-hmm. was at what was he? Top three, top four, and then yeah, there was uh, the infamous Bud Cauley, uh <laughs> Came up a little short uh, for me. I think he missed. Uh, geez, it seemed like a dozen or so putts from uh, ten feet or closer during this tournament. I'm not. That's not an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Bud Cauley is dead to me, as far as I'm concerned. Parlicky was following his. Uh, I've never heard. I never heard of him before this weekend. I never heard of him before this weekend. But Harry, if you're gonna bet the Northern Trust, here's the thing: this weekend, right here on Long Island, where I live, if you're gonna bet it, keep in mind that nobody has ever played this course before. So it's almost impossible to bet. I would advise most of our golf uh you know people that bet golf stay away from this one there you go it's it's too tough to call unless you're going to go with one of the favorites unless you want to go with Matsuyama or Spieth or something like that there's no no need to bet this week so good week to take off from golf all right all right and another I, also a good I week to take I, off from wrestling i had uh, Shinsuke Nakamura over Jinder Mahal for the uh <laughs> WWE championship and well, the funny thing is, when I bet it, and whatever, I, I knew it was a heavy odds. It was minus 270. I didn't think a lot of people will bet it. It shot up to minus 550 after our podcast. I'm not sure if I moved the line, but it closed at minus 750. A wrestling favorite at <laughs> minus 750 lost. He got pinned. The referee got distracted. Jinder Mahal had the Singh brothers. It, the re- First of all, the officiating is terrible. Tate. Mark that down. The officiating is really bad in wrestling lately. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, it's so, tough. Don't even get me started. It's so so bad. But you could add John Cena, most popular wrestler of all time, at minus one thirty, and you would have won. But anyway, that we closed out the zero uh, and four with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. But let's uh, let's move on to the NFL Rookie of the Year. Yeah, football's it's two weeks away. We've now seen most teams play twice. In some cases, three times. We can get somewhat of a better feel as to who is going to be the most productive rookie on. Uh, each side of the ball, but let's go offensive right now. Uh, Parley kid, who's your pick for NFL rookie of the year offensive? Okay. So, you know, the line really changed dramatically on this guy today. You know, I liked him. I kind of told you about Kaiser that I liked him a couple days ago mm-hmm. when he was plus 1500, I guess with him starting uh game three of the preseason here, it's moved to uh, a thousand, you know, plus a thousand right here. So he's sitting at 10 to one, but I'm still a huge fan of Kaiser. Mm-hmm. I think he's uh, the 2017 version of Dak Prescott uh, in terms of, listen, we know he's built like Prescott. I think his game is going to play a little bit like, like Prescott's. We know the Browns are not as good this year as the Cowboys were last year, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, listen, he's got a very good offensive line, one of the all-time greats with Thomas there. Uh, they picked up a couple other uh, offensive linemen uh, in the offseason. Crowell is a very solid running back. Hugh Jackson is a very good offensive coordinator. I think he's going to play to this kid's strength, just like Linehan does for Prescott. Wow. I think you're going to see they're going to establish the running game. You're going to see a lot of play action, a lot of bootlegs, a lot of short, safe throws for this kid. He's got a big arm, so they go up over the top once in a while. 
Um, but you know, I think at, at, at ten to one with Britton Coleman as re, as his receivers, I mean, I really do wish uh, uh, Barnage was still there as his tight end. Yeah, he didn't end uh, up in any. To, uh, I don't think anyone signed him. I was looking. Uh, what's yesterday. up with that? I don't get it. He you had know, such a you good know, year two years ago. Who? Right, you know, was responsible for getting rid of one of the most uh, popular guys in Cleveland, Sashi Brown. <laughs> and if you're saying who's Sashi Brown, that's my sentiments exactly. Who is Sashi Brown? <laughs> I, I think he's everyone. Run, he's gonna. He's the. <laughs> Everybody he's knows the who only Sasha guy. Brown is. <laughs> really? No, okay. no, no. He's the. Uh, listen, Kaiser is going to throw for 3,500 yards. All right. Uh, he's going to throw more TDs than interceptions. Cleveland wins six or seven games. I think he's really right in the running for this All right. award because you know a lot of these awards favor quarterbacks. So let's go with Kaiser at ten to one. I'm a big fan of his. I think people are going to really like him. And let's face it, a year ago, at this time, they were saying he was going to possibly be the first pick in the draft, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. And uh, you know he slid and he didn't have a great year. But this guy, this guy, thinks God. I think he's going to be this year's Dak Prescott. All right. Well, maybe. Yeah. I mean, they already have. They may have more uh, preseason wins than they have in the regular. They have two preseason. Maybe he's the preseason rookie of the year. But ten to one's not not bad for uh, Deshaun Kaiser. Harry, what are you saying for uh, rookie of the year offensive? Well, at five and a half to one currently. You guys know I was big a couple months ago on Dalvin Cook, and I still am. Um, since the Vikings are bringing Latavius Murray back slowly after ankle surgery. It's Dalvin Cook's job. He had 40 yards in the first half versus Seattle starters on five, seven carries last week. Looked good. Catching the ball out of the backfield, too. Bishop Sankey is their number two, and he's not a number one overall runner. And McKinnon works better on third downs uh, as a running back. Um, even though he wasn't selected, Cook, until the 44th pick, um, Minnesota actually traded up to get him in the second round. Head coach Mike Zimmer loves him to death. They've signed, I know they had, earlier, too, a couple months ago, Sal, you had mentioned that uh, you were a little concerned about the Vikings' offensive line. They signed Riley Reese of the Lions and Mike Remmers of the Panthers. This is his second stint with the Vikings. They drafted a few uh, offensive linemen in free agency in the center. So uh, Dalvin Cook at 5.5 to 1, he's going to get the ball. He's going to get plays. He's going to get plenty of action. And... Uh, they happen to play this this Sunday night on NBC against San Francisco, so we'll see how he looks uh, Sunday night. Yeah, that you know that's my pick too. I'll say a couple things. First of all, he's four to one now. Harry went down. He's tied with McCaffrey for uh, wow. odds on favor for rookie of the year. Um, but yeah, they switched two tackles. They they basically made a trade for two tackles. He's been explosive in the preseason. He's the guy is like five point five yards per touch. Runs a four point four nine forty. Lat Murray, he'll, he'll help limit the heavy workload. But the, the biggest thing he's got going for him, Cook, is he's got a quarterback who throws uh, at three yards a clip in Sam Bradford. So he's going to catch a lot. He's going to rack up a lot of yards. And uh, I, I liked it a lot at plus 550. Really, just today it went to 4-1. to one, But yeah. if I have to pick one, wow. it's Dalvin Cook. Uh, Brother Bry, how say you? Yeah, so like you were just saying, today a lot of the odds actually changed. So Kaiser changed, Cook changed. I know Watson actually went down to six to one. He was just like twelve to one, I think, mm-hmm. last week. Um, but I'm not really going on a limb here. I do like Fournette. I know you guys don't love him, but I like him at plus four fifty. If you look at the Jaguars' schedule, they have a pretty easy schedule. Obviously, playing in the AFC South, but 
Um, if you were to go by the best, I would say, four running backs coming out of college the last, like, 15 to maybe even the last 20 years, you'd have to say Peterson, right? Uh, you'd have to say probably Gurley, Elliott, and Fournette. So Peterson won the Rookie of the Year. Gurley won it. Elliott should have won it last year. I'm still not really sure how Prescott won it over him. I think Elliott should have won. And I feel like Fournette, there, it, as long as he stays healthy, he's he's going to get – 1,200 to 1,300 yards if he stays healthy. I know, I know probably right now Henny's going to be starting, but I think plus 450 is, uh, I mean, that's decent value. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I was going to take maybe a little bit of a long shot, I'd maybe look at uh, Ross on the Bengals. Right now he's 50-1. to 1. I know he's coming off of a shoulder surgery, but, you know, a little bit in terms of uh, goes down the field pretty well. It's it's. But I will say it's hard for a receiver to win this thing. I think yes. uh, Beckham was the only one, right, who's won it over the last, like, mm-hmm. 13 years, I think. I believe so. But yeah. I think 50-1 to 1 odds is pretty good. So Yeah, and, and I know TJ yeah, Yeldon. Yeah, plus 450. Yeldon, and who else was, like, a second-round pick? Uh, I'm not even going to count Denard Robinson, but the, uh, uh, Jags haven't had a great luck since Maurice Jones-Drew with the running backs. But um, And the other thing I don't like about Fournette is he, he – I think he's a marked man, Brian. I think he's he basically said the NFL is not fast enough for him or it's not as fast as he thought. <laughs> yeah. And then he went and got hurt and like so I kinda think they're gunning for him, but um he definitely has uh the talent. Plus four fifty. Yeah. All these odds are moving. It's who did who did anyone bet on that all the odds are going lower? I don't I don't really I get it. The I only know. other one Weird. I'll throw in there is a long shot is Jamal Williams twenty to one for the Packers. I think he takes the uh, job from Ty Montgomery week three or week four and you know how it is with the Packers as as their you know their running game benefits from their excellent passing game this guy's a good pass protector they got him in the fourth round uh, at a BYU put a few bucks on Jamal Williams at 20 to 1. All right defensively what would you what would you say if you were just going to say a running back would win is it like minus 300 because between McCaffrey Cook Fournette and and Mixon right there oh interesting yeah I mean those one of those four are likely winning right Right and yeah, uh, so what'd you say minus three four hundred? So it's basically yeah, right? Watson About? and Watson and Kaiser against the guys you just mentioned, right? Would be the yeah the yeah exactly. And Trubisky. Oh Trubisky! Oh stop it, yeah. <laughs> Tate! Come on, <laughs> where is Trubisky on this list? Fifteen? Let me hold on. Let me let me shuffle through yeah, some pages. He's way down, way down. Yeah, fifteen to one. What do you? But Tate, you say he's starting what? How many? Thirteen games? Yeah, 12, 12, 13 games. Mike Lennon's going to throw at least three pick sixes, and then it's time for Trubisky. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. And then how many games would the Bears have to win for that? I guess they would have to win like six or seven, right? Yeah, six, seven. That's the only thing. Like if I'm taking Cook, Harry, and I, like I think the Vikings have to make the playoffs uh, for someone like Cook to do well. Whereas Fournette and Trubisky. And Deshaun Kaiser maybe have to win four or five games. Their team has to win four or five games. Um, let's yeah. switch over to uh, the defensive side of the ball. Miles Garrett, favorite. Cleveland Browns, seven to two. He had a sack against uh, Harry's Giants the other day. Did you watch that, Harry? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You are going to be sorry. We're talking about the Browns and Giants, and you know Tate brought something. Browns and in- the Giants, got it. Tate brought something I interesting thought. up about uh, what, what did you say, Tate, before the podcast? I just said the Giants. Uh, since the Giants scored their last TD, the Sun, we've had a solar eclipse since the last time the Giants have scored a touchdown. They've so. not scored a touchdown this preseason. Uh, it's been tough. Yeah. Tough so, for you, uh, early. 
It's not early. It's all not right. early at all. It's too late. Eli, Eli could care. Eli could care less. <laughs> we know that. We knew that. He's, he's, he is definitely playing like he couldn't care less. But uh, Reuben Foster, nine to two linebacker for San Francisco. Jamal Adams. I think that's tough for the Jets for safety. Any of you guys like any of these guys? Solomon Thomas, San Francisco, nine to one. Jonathan Allen. I like Jamal Adams selling the Jets. I know it's tough, like you're saying, with the Jets. They're a struggling organization, but I think that guy really brings it. I think he might have been the best defensive player in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jets, I think, were very fortunate to get a guy like that. Yeah. Right? I mean, the, the, guy, the guy said he would, uh, right? he said he would, he said he would die on the field, right? People had a problem with that. Right. Uh, I think it was so, so taken out of context, right? Like, he was basically just showing his passion for the game. I mean, the guy doesn't really want right. to die on the field. Uh, he was just showing his passion. I mean, wh- what fan can't appreciate that? That's And if he did die right? on the field, they, they might as well present him with their award right then and there, right? I mean, that's that, probably... That, that, absolutely, that, that is right, some but, kind of dedication. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's kind of like Harry, Sal, right? It's yeah. Harry, like, he's told us many times he'd love... To die in a Vegas whorehouse with a bunch of winning tickets in his hand. Right? We've heard him say that before. I just got to get the win. I just got to get the winning ticket. Yeah, that's the hard part. That's all I got to get. He can get to the brothels like nobody else. Uh, excellent. Uh, anybody else have anything for defensive player of the year? Yeah, you know, I would say I don't. I actually don't like Jamal Adams. I don't like Garrett. I mean, when was the last time a the first overall pick in a draft, a defensive first overall pick, did anything, right? You had Mario Williams, he didn't win it. Courtney Brown didn't win it. Mm-hmm. Um, there haven't been many first overall defensive picks, but I don't remember any of them winning it. Um, but usually, like, a linebacker or defensive end win this thing. So since 2000, a cornerback's only won once, a safety has never won, and a defensive tackles won once. So that was Peters won in 15, Donald won in 14. So the one guy I like on this list a little bit is Jared Davis on the Lions at plus 1,600. Right? Mm-hmm. He's going to be their starting middle linebacker, the tackling machine at Florida. I think there's a lot of good value there. I mean, you could easily see him getting maybe like 100 tackles, uh, and that's 16-1. to that's, that's great odds. What happens to a guy like Jabril Peppers who – He's listed for defensive player of the year. Probably not going to play a ton of defense or, you know, not going to be in every down. He's 20 to 1. But what if he has eight punt returns for touchdowns? He can't win offensive rookie of the year. He can't win defensive rookie of the year. There's definitely no special teams rookie of the year, right? I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's the weird thing, right? Yeah, they have to Very figure weird. that out. All right. This brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino, where each week the degenerate trifecta and I set sail tackling make-believe gambling propositions related to sports and pop culture events. And I'm not not sure this is a sport or a pop culture event, but our fantasy draft, we have been in the same fantasy league for, what, since 1993? Is that it? This is year number 20. Yeah, 93, Sal. So this is year 25, not 25 years, but this is the 25th year we're doing this, I think. Isn't that how that works? That's right. I'm not that great with math. But anyway... Uh, it's, it's a, you know, it's a snake draft. It's kind of, kind of easy snake draft, uh, 10 teams, pretty standard. We do have a keeper, bright brother, Brian, you have what the third pick? Uh, I have the second pick. Oh, you have the second pick. Darren, yeah. you have the poly kid has six. I have seven. Harry has eight. Do I have that right? I don't even know. Yeah. All right. So that's correct. So. Here's the question over under. 
100 and a half picks in our fantasy draft this weekend before every team has at least one quarterback. A lot of people say wait on the quarterbacks, wait on the quarterbacks, and then the draft happens and everyone's snatched up in the eighth and ninth round. I'm saying do 10 full rounds go by without one team having at least a quarterback. Brother Bry, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to say over on this one. I think that's definitely the smart play. But all, like you said, like every year, we you know we end up we say the same thing with a ten a ten team league, but we always end up drafting within the first seven eight rounds. And mm-hmm. actually, what ends up happening is one idiot, one or two idiots in our league, end up drafting like two quarterbacks right. before the eighth round, so nobody gets you know the ninth and tenth best quarterback. So that always happens. But this year, I think people will be a little bit smarter. Like you have. Rodgers, Brady's, uh, Breeze, Ryan are locks, right? Then you'll have, like, Wilson, Cousins, Winston, Big Ben, Mariota. There's, like, 15 or 16 quarterbacks that you could take, and the 16th quarterback is probably, like, Eli or Taylor, and I think that's that's not a bad idea to take, like, a quarterback with, uh, you know, they're the 16th best quarterback or the 17th best mm-hmm. quarterback and just kind of rotate those guys. So I'm going to say this year – Somebody's finally smart enough, and we'll do this. And but it's not going to be me because I'm keeping Brady in the fourth round. Right, you, have, you already have one. You have you have the only quarterback keeper uh, this year. You give up what the 48th pick for Brady? Uh, what I give? I give up like the 38th pick. 38th pick. Oh, the eighth pick in the fourth round. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's good so, value. I mean, I, I, obviously, I, I, puts up big points and everything. But but, what do you think, Harry? Are you going to wait? Do you think 10 rounds go by without everyone having a quarterback? Well, what, what's uh, what's Frank's deal? What do we know? What the inside scoop is with Frank? What, what do you mean? His uh, overall deal? I have no idea what his deal is. But with this, right, right, um, depends on Frank. No, I think uh, I think it's going to be under because uh, I'm looking at a couple myself. Just looking at a couple guys, and usually we've gone over this a million times uh, that maybe you should always wait on the quarterbacks and stuff. But there's two guys in mind that I might just go uh, second, third round to grab and just say screw it at this point. So, Ooh, uh, let's hear it. Come on. Up. Come on. We're all giving our secrets out. Uh, we gave our know, rookie of the years. You know, <laughs> you're, already, you're already snaking Evans on me, so uh, I may have to block you there with uh, Winston. I don't, I'll tell you what, I don't think I'm getting Evans. Uh, when two guys in the top five drop out in the last six days, I think Darren's getting Evans mm-hmm. at six or somebody even before him, but I'm not sure how that's going to work out. So Are you thinking that possibly, Darren? No. No, right. no, not taking Evans. I'm not taking Evans with the sixth pick. Interesting. I'm not, I won't be doing it. So. All right. So Harry, yeah, no, Harry, you but, say uh, uh, you say under Harry, right? If you let me, if yeah, if, and if you let, if you don't take Evans at seven, and I take Evans at seven or eight, I will take Winston guaranteed in the second round. How's that? Really? <laughs> Lock it up right now. If you don't take Evans seven, I get him at eight. I'll take Winston in the second round. You will take. We should say Harry always has the worst pick of the draft, right? And he'll take somebody in the second round who's like projected to go like tenth yeah, or eleventh round. That might be I worth it. I gave you Brown last year, Brian. I gave you Brown. <laughs> that that might be flat. worth it. You, you taking Jameis Winston eight rounds too Brown. early just to have the hookup could be could be worth it. Last year, eighty third, the eighty third pick was the last. Starting quarterback in our league, the Matza Parmesans, that's uh, Shoney and uh, Paul Crispino, Jewish Italian combination ownership. They took uh, they took Carr with the 83rd pick. Parlay Kid, what do you think? 
I think I agree with Brian. This is probably going to go over this year. Brian said there's like a couple idiots in our draft, and we know he's probably referring to Harry as one. Sure. Uh, who was who was the other one is referring to? Frank, That's the question. Frank and I, your brother. You're, I think he, okay. I, right, I think right. your brother John yeah, is the one who, who snakes all the quarterbacks typically, right? Okay, yeah, John. Yeah, definitely. yeah. I think all right. So the that's who he's talking forward. about. But um, I tell you what, I think this year, like Brian said, he he listed like fifteen or sixteen guys. I think this is definitely going over. We have some pretty smart players on this league, you know, uh, Naves and and Paulie, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know Ken. Ken Kestenbaum <laughs> is uh, pretty solid he's, he's, as well. He's Darren, Nabes, okay. Nabes isn't smart. Nabes isn't smart. <laughs> oh, come on. I beg to differ. I think these guys – so also, has Harry ever won this league? you got to refresh my memory. 25 years, oh, has yeah. he ever won? I don't think so. He has? I've won twice. He says he has. Okay. I, I don't think he's right. won. I don't think he's won. Won. Okay. Look at my record. Look at my lifetime record, Darren. It blows away, Sal. Look That's when Ken was drafting for you, though. <laughs> Look who he's taking in the second round. That's all you need to know. He's taking James. I know. Wilson. Well, then that's happening. But this year, Sal, it's going over. Uh, like, I'm, honestly, Sal, my plan is kind of getting blown up here. I wasn't going to take a quarterback probably to like around 11 or 12 yeah. this year. So yeah. I might be the guy who wins this prop right here. I think, so I, I think, I'm definitely saying over 105. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think I'm, not, I'm waiting to the 11th round. You could do it. Look, last year I waited to the 14th round. Actually, I, I had one before, but my 14th round pick was Matt Ryan. He was third overall in quarterback fantasy points. Cousins was drafted in the 13th round, fifth overall. Rivers, 13th round, sixth overall. Prescott, 14th round, mm-hmm. seventh overall. You can wait on quarterbacks. Wow. I don't know why I'm giving out this information, but people will take them early anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, all right, number two proposition. How many F-bombs will Conor McGregor utter during the post-fight interview? Over, under, one and a half. This is the in-ring interview. Harry, what are you saying? Harry? Uh, I'm going to say under. I'm going to say under because I think at that point, I mean, you can say whatever you want. There's been so much craziness back and forth leading into this thing on Saturday night. But once it's all over, dust settles. I'm going to say under one and a half because at that point, Connor will just be a try to be the best possible guy he can be professionally, and I'm going to go with the under on that. That all the all the gimmicks in the games are going to be over, and then they'll just be said on how the fight was, and he's going to be uh, cool about it. All right, all right, Parley kid, you agree with Harry? No, I don't. I think this is an easy one. I think it's as easy as the fight itself. Mm. Uh, this is the guy. This is the guy who wore a pinstripe suit at like uh, his first media day, and I guess the pinstripe said like "F you" on it. Yeah, uh, I believe I. I, I, can't, I couldn't believe that until I actually saw that today. Um, and I, I think as long as you get a mic in front of this guy, he's dropping a few f bombs. I don't think he's going to win this fight, but if he were to win, you're going to hear about fifty f bombs. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with the loss, I think you're gonna sneak. You're gonna he's gonna sneak a few f bombs out. It's going over one and a half. As long as they can get a mic to him mm-hmm. at the end of the fight, uh, that he doesn't you know run off and hide at the end of his loss here. All right. All right. So if they can get a mic to him, take the over. Brother mm-hmm. Bry, over or under? Yeah, I was gonna say Harry obviously has never seen a McGregor post-fight interview. All the guy does is curse. I mean, the f word is. Is, is dropped every other word, Harry. This is, this but, uh, is different. This is different. 
<laughs> but I would say, yeah, I think the one and a half is actually low unless it's that low because you think maybe after he loses, he's either going to be taken out on a stretcher uh, or he's going to just or he's just going to leave the ring right away without having the interview. Maybe that's why it's that low. That's, but that's why can, I made it I that could low. Easily, yep. <laughs> that, that, but I could easily I could easily see him just even in the interview himself, just cursing at Paulie Malignaggi the whole time, uh, mm. just yelling at him just you know calling him a fucking asshole the whole time so right. i am definitely going to go uh i'm going to say he's drops even in a loss he drops five or six wow all right well i you know th- that's how i was thinking you, you nailed it I, I was going under one and a half because i think he will be taken out on a stretcher to get his jaw wired shut and it's very hard to throw an f-bomb or any bombs when uh when you can't speak i'm going under one and a half so that's another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please, please, Harry, drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right. This is it. We're up to the fight. Mayweather McGregor. A million props. This fight is starting to get me mad now. It was The odds were minus 2,600 last November, down to minus 500 in most casinos. And what happened in those nine months in between? Not a damn thing. Nothing happened. Mayweather didn't have a separated shoulder. Conor McGregor didn't have, you know, three great tune-up fights. In fact, he leaked whatever he leaked uh, from his tra- from his training sessions was uh, unimpressive. You can get Mayweather now at minus 450 or less in some cases offshore. The money keeps pouring in on McGregor. 93% of bets made on this fight are backing Conor. Vegas basically burns to the ground if McGregor somehow wins this. They're taking more action on this fight than the Super Bowl, just the game, not the props, but the game itself. It, it, it's exceeding NCAA, World Cup, everything around the world. Harry, I'm going to ask you because you worked in a sports book before you were unceremoniously blacklisted for what was it, stealing? Anyway, but do the books, do the sports books just have to sit back and take stealing? it? I, I thought it was stealing. Do they, do they have to sit back and take it or. They can't lay off these bets, right? Or what? What's the option here? They just, really can't. Just keep moving the line down. You have to keep moving the line down. But again, you know, when it deals with Vegas, no, if in a, in a situation like this, if a book loses this type of bet, every book is going to lose this type of bet. Same thing as, as the Super Bowl, where there's not a situation where one place. And one company cleaned up and the other place didn't. You either get hit hard in the Super Bowl or you win at, at it in terms of all the bets that are taken in. And same thing with this. It, it's, you have to just keep bringing the line down and just take and roll with it and see what happens because there's nothing else you can really do. Well, I'm surprised they don't, and I know this goes against all the, you know, the, the Las Vegas Athletic, the Gambling Commission and everything, but I'm surprised they don't seek out private entities to back their bet. So, for instance, let's say... I had a hundred million dollars, and um, you know the station casinos go out to me and say, "Hey, we have too much on Connor here. Do you want to take some of it?" I, I guess that just goes against everything that the 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 license is set up for. But it seems like there would be more of that going on. You never heard of anything like that? No, no, no. Right. They just roll with it. Maybe when it's legalized, God willing, I'm knocking wood. Uh, something like that would happen. But anyway, let's get to our props. Brother Bry, which props do you like? God, there's so many here. There's, um, let me just read a few of these. Mayweather, Mayweather wins by doctor stoppage, um, quit or cornered throws in a towel. Do you, Bry, you like that one, right? 
Yeah, I, I love that one because you could easily see a scenario where Connor's like way too brave for his own good, right? Or or the corner maybe tells him like while he's been training, look, if this fight gets out of hand, we'll stop it for you. We don't want you to be the one who quits. So I could easily see them in between rounds saying he's had enough punishment. The only thing is with that is the fight's probably going to have to go at least six or seven rounds. Right. But we've seen this happen a lot lately. We saw it in the Lomachenko fight. We saw it in the Crawford-Diaz fight. It's definitely happened more often than not lately. So plus 460, I think, is a yep. good value for that. That's a good one. You, there's another one you like in there too, right? Which one was it? Yeah, these are all really hard, like long odds. It's weird. So the the other one I like is the margin of victory in the Rice-Stanford game, minus 7.5 <laughs> over the total minutes in the fight. So the reason I like this one, so so let's say – the margin of victory is 30, then it's, you know, it's uh, 22 and a half minutes that it has to go over. So, mm-hmm. but I could easily see a scenario where Rice and Sta- the Rice-Stanford game, Stanford wins by, say, 40 points easily or 45. But even if they win by 25, you still have, you know, maybe six rounds, ra- you know, you still have six rounds for uh, Floyd to, yeah. for Floyd to knock him out. So the only problem I have with that game is that game starts at 10 p.m. So that, that, that game's still going to be going on while this fight's going on. I was just on, going so to say be, that'll that, be in, that'll that, be interesting. That's the only prop that is not uh, finished by the time this this fight uh, <laughs> is, resumes. But uh, Parley Kid, you like a couple of these? Yeah, I, I think Brian's uh, Brian uh, is hitting the uh, the nail right in the head there. Uh, I think his picks are real good. I actually like uh, Bryce Love of Stanford. He's the running back. So I know, I guess, you know, I think we all feel compelled to kind of, with the first weekend in football, how can you not kind of do something with football and boxing? Yeah, at least that's how I feel. Right. Right. You mix it in a little bit. Why not? Right. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I really like this uh, Bryce Love running back from Stanford. Stanford likes to run the ball. He's uh, He has to uh, have 10 and a half more yards than punches landed by Mayweather. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think this kid he averages he averaged seven point two yards per carry last year. Rice, as Harry knows, Harry's probably bet Rice at least a few times over the years. But they're a terrible football team, mm. beautiful institution uh, academically, but not a good football team. Stanford really likes to run the ball. This kid is a jet. This kid love. He's a two hundred meter runner. He's going to break two fifty plus yard runs right there. He's going to end up with over one hundred and fifty yards. Mm. You're looking at Mayweather would have to land 140 shots to beat him, and the fight's going to be over before Mayweather lands that many punches in my book. Right. So I would say I, that's the prop I like of taking Love and and uh, minus ten and a half uh, yards on that. Yeah, I think I believe, uh, if I'm th- saying that correct. Right? right. No, you're saying that right, and so you're thinking it's going to be a short fight. Floyd will land his punches, but they won't be as many as Bryce Love. The only thing I worry about is. 45-3 Stanford lead going into the fourth quarter, and this guy sits with uh, 80 yards or something. But uh, that might even that could certainly happen. That might be enough. I th- anyway. uh, yes, but I think Daddy. this kid breaks a few long runs. Yeah, Dad. The only thing is, I'm, I'm well. This is actually good for you, but um, I don't know if you know though. Stanford and Rice played last year, and Stanford had like 370 yards rushing, and Love I think had 111 yards on like seven carries. So right, that, right. So that's. Yeah, they gave up. Rice gives up, gave up an average of 217 yards rushing per game last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy's gonna he's he's going over 100, and I'm just banking on the fact that he breaks one or two real long ones, and he's going to be over 150. This this would be an easy easy right. one to go with. All right, you have another one for us. 
Well, I think so. You know what else I like? I, I think uh, McGregor under uh, seven and a half landed in any round. Yeah, God, that seems I just, so easy. Uh, so I feel like this fight, it's, I don't see that happening. I know that's kind of one of the more standard uh, props we have here, and I think there's probably a lot of people laying some money on this one way or another. I think the only chance this has of going over seven and a half punches in any round would be the first if he comes out like gangbusters right away right. and kind of bull rushes Mayweather right away and just lands three or four, boom, 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 mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's got four punches landed and maybe he has a couple minutes still left to land a couple more. Mm-hmm. But other than that, if, if Mayweather's just out there boxing him, I don't, I don't think he's going to really... Uh, I don't think McGregor is going to really touch him. So I, yeah, I like that one as well. I talked to Kellerman about this one, Max Kellerman, and you know he 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 said he said McGregor's not going to land one punch in any single round. So that sounds crazy. But he also warned me against because I love this one too. He said, "Don't put it in the judges' hands or whoever does the CompuBox stats. You never know if like you know he comes with a roundhouse and it grazes." Floyd's shoulder if they count that as a punch but yeah if you look at punch stats in uh, Floyd's career how many he's given up he averages fewer than like six or five or six around and I think he had like exactly eight or nine around against Pacquiao who comes at you say what you will about Pacquiao comes at you from all angles and still quick and everything else a boxer should be a real boxer um Harry what do you think which one stand out to you well, with you mentioning Kellerman and saying that McGregor's not going to even have a knockdown at all in this fight, uh, Darren, uh, surprise you're not jumping on this. I'm going to take this. Who, who will have more? Aaron Judge home runs on mm-hmm. Saturday against the Mariners at home or knockdowns by McGregor? And the line is even, but Judge is minus 285. And I'm going to take, I know it's 280, minus 285, but I'm still going to lay the juice on Aaron Judge there because with going by what Kellerman says, there'll be zero knockdowns by McGregor, so it's almost a free roll for Aaron Judge to try to hit a home run during the Great day call. at Yankee Stadium. As of right now, Giovanni Guerrero is supposed to be starting for the Mariners. He's 5-9 and nine with a 5.75 ERA. So I'll roll with that. It's almost like a free roll. You get four bats, maybe five out of Judge. Uh, with uh, not having to worry about McGregor getting a knockdown. Here's what I, I say. love it, Harry. It looks like judges judges breaking out a little bit too. So I, I like that. I like it. Here's what I'll say about that. There's all there's another uh, prop where Stanton home runs, and I love this one versus Connor knockdowns. Isn't that even? I thought I saw that minus one hundred five on uh, Bavada, right? Yeah, you did. You did. So yeah, you basically rendered Harry's bet useless. Yes. I think. Yeah. I think like, take <laughs> minus one hundred five from the guy who's freaking catching fire over uh, Aaron Judge, who's obviously great this year. But I don't know. I, I I don't know. I like the Stanton. Stanton could have four home runs versus zero knockdowns. Harry, what's another good one? I do have another one, which well, you know we we haven't really touched too much on soccer on these shows. Yeah, so, there's uh, a reason for that. Out there, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Which will be greater, the number of goals Manchester United and Leicester City score minus a half and minus 135 against official knockdowns by McGregor and Mayweather combined? Uh, I'm going with the number of goals Jesus. by Manchester United and Leicester City. They're very early now in the uh, English Premier League season. This will be game number three for both teams. And Manchester United is 2-0. and They've scored eight goals. Meanwhile, Leicester City's 1-0-1. They've scored five goals. They've given up four. 
in two games as well. So with that being said, uh. if, if there's one knockdown in this fight, and now you're at one and a half, I think we can get at least two goals out of these two teams. Okay. and lay the minus 135 and lay the half a goal. You know what I love about this? Lots of things, but here's what I love. This fight, this is the no. easiest bet of the century, and you, Harry, are going to root for goals in a soccer game to win your boxing bet. Well, Brian, check Brian. I was thinking of this. Brian, I was thinking of this because on that morning, we'll be at Sal's. That means we're going to have the TV blaring at like 6.30 in the morning and Sal's going to get up and we're going to be watching. No, we're not. <laughs> That's wrong, too. We're not? Another bad prediction. What's that? <laughs> All right, let me give you mine here. I, you know, I, like, 7 I, I like that Stanton's home run over Connor knockdowns. I like Mayweather in the first, second, third, and fourth round, 17-1, to 20-1, 18-1, I think that's a nice little quartet right there. And I love... Love, will Conor McGregor win a round on any judge's card? No is plus 170. I, I don't know. You have to land more than three or four punches to win a round. I just don't think Floyd lets it happen. And please, boxing judges, this is a good time to stand up. It was only like you know a month or two ago with the horn against Pacquiao. Try, save the sport. Don't do anything stupid here. I don't think it'll matter what cards come out because I think it's going to be a knockout, but – Please, judges, do the right thing in this fight. Um, All right, let me read an ad. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Finding great talent can be tough. Thankfully, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then, their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash odds. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash odds. One more time, to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash odds. All right, our best bets, fellas. We can't do much worse than we've been doing. One and seven in the last two weeks. This is not the time to get cold. Football starting up. So let, let's see what we could do. Harry, what's your best bet? Darren, like I said, I'm off golf. Not going to do it. I'm going. Football's here. Let's do some football. I've got the Hawaii UMass football game. My best bet is over 62 and a half. Last year, they played each other at the end of the season in Hawaii. The final was 46 to 40. Uh, UMass has a new defensive coordinator after giving up. They gave up 36 points a game last season. Uh, they've switched their defense from uh, a 3-4 to a, uh, their defense to a, from a 3-4 to a 4-3. So that's going to take some time in figuring out what they got going on. Meanwhile, on Hawaii's defense gave up 37 points a, a season ago as well. Um, they have their fifth different defensive coordinator in as many years. Uh, their offense. Their quarterback, Drew Brown, had 
uh, a real good season as he came on last year. He's got a 1,000-yard rusher back in uh, St. Juste and a 1,000-yard receiver back in Marcus Kemp. I think this game, like I said, 46-40 to 40 last year, 86 points. Um, if my math is right, yeah, 86 points. And uh, I'm going with the over of 62.5 Hawaii at UMass. All right. It always sounds good. I have to say, it really always does sound like you did your homework and <laughs> everything seems to be in order. But then, well, we'll see. Uh, then, uh, yeah. yeah. Brother Bry, what do you like? Yeah. Uh, I have to get better on these. I've been terrible the last few weeks. But besides me um, betting my whole house on Mayweather this weekend, I like the over 58.5 in the Oregon State-Colorado State game. It's it's the best game of the weekend. Um, just so you know, last year, Colorado State, the last four games, the average score was the average total score is 95 points. Wait, let me, re- let me, let me interrupt to... you, Brian. You said it's the best game of the weekend. You realize United's playing at Leicester City on Saturday? <laughs> All right, sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. But the, average, the, the four-game total average last year of the last four was 95. Uh, like I said, I had to review that a few times just making sure I wasn't looking at wow. basketball scores. But 95 points. They, they, return, they have an up-tempo offense. They return their quarterback and their top receiver. Last year, on average, they averaged 35 points a game and gave up 31. Oregon State, on the other hand, gives up about 33 points a game. So I think it'll be a high-scoring game. 58.5 seems really low to me. Probably It's probably only that low because it's the first game of the year. But uh, – I love the over, and I love Mayweather. All right. Weekend. We have two overs oh. there. Parlay Kid, you have an over for us? What are you saying? Well, yeah, well, are we allowed to bet the Brian, brother Brian, Harry tennis match that, that's going to be taking place on Sunday? <laughs> I had that written down. Can I was do that? I was going to mention something about that. Yeah, Harry challenged brother Brian wow. to, a tennis, to a tennis match uh, in Manhattan Beach, California. What is it, Sunday morning? Yeah, Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. Yeah, so if you're in town, just drive by. Uh, there's probably like four tennis courts in Manhattan Beach. Just drive by all of them, and uh, one of them around 10 a.m. Pacific time, you'll see Brother Bry and Harry playing. Darren, why you 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 have an angle on it? No, no. It's it, that's listen. That's oh. probably only there's only one only other one more short sure thing of uh, May the weather <laughs> winning this week is Brian beating Harry. Wow. Six love, Whoa. six love. People <laughs> don't waste your time. <laughs> Don't waste your time. Uh, uh, but make sure that, Sal, you have to promise me that that happens, that this match takes Oh, yeah, place. it's going to happen. You know, I have okay. Brian. Yeah, I had Harry okay. as installed as a favorite because he, he plays a lot. Brian hasn't played. Uh, Brian, I, I then saw a video of both of them. I, I, Brian is now minus 180. I mean, all you could say, because this is a podcast, you don't see him. Brian is built like um, Roger Federer, and Harry is built like Roger Ebert. So, and I think uh, we're going to, uh, it's going to be a classic match, but um, yeah. Minus, minus the hair, I guess. Yeah, minus the hair. Harry, uh, can you tell me how your first serve is? Because then I'll know how, how, how this is going to go. Listen, I did tell Darren, and Darren knows, I play left-handed, but I serve right-handed. Okay. The line just shot up to minus 1,600. <laughs> Uh, but but Sal, Go listen. Yeah. The parlay kid, the parlay kid is not doing a parlay this week. Whoa! Uh, not right the, for the first time ever. Because Sal, listen, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, right? I, it almost sounds like you're try, somebody's trying to give a sales pitch to people. But mm-hmm. this Mayweather fight, 
I'm just saying Mayweather win, if you want to say he's minus 500 right now, mm-hmm. this is a once-in-a-lifetime investing opportunity for people, right? Yes. Uh, you know, if somebody said, look, give me 50 grand, I'll get, make you 10 by tomorrow, guaranteed, guaranteed. Yep. Uh, and 99.9% of uh, the best financial experts in the world said, yeah, that's, uh, it's going to happen. Right. You, you would probably do that, right? So yeah. this isn't really a bet. It's almost like you're making an, an investment yes. in Floyd. Right. Okay, Floyd just to win. If you want to go knockout, you want to do anything else, that's fine. But I'm, I'm just saying Floyd, minus 500 right now, is too bad. If, if Some people might have gotten him at minus, what, 425 even? Right. Um, but I'm going to say Floyd, as he stands right now, minus 500. This is an easy, easy investment. In fact, I talked to my wife about it. I said, let's empty the kids' college funds. Good. Let's put it all on Floyd. And she said, who's Floyd? Oh, you see? She, so, so, right now, she doesn't know who Floyd Mayweather said, is. You say, don't right? worry about, let so, me worry about that. Right. Ju- that's what I said. But then I really look in the kids' bank accounts, and there's only a couple hundred bucks in there anyway. Oh, so yeah, yeah. You, would need, you need to, <laughs> you know, you need to bet big. You need to bet big right. to win big here. But if you can do it, this is, this is an investment. It's not a bet. It's an investment in Floyd. So Floyd Mayweather to win this fight. Uh, if you don't do it, people are going to be saying, man, yep. what was I thinking? All right. Take a couple hundred bucks and get like a textbook out of it at the end of the day, right? It brings 240 <laughs> back. Listen, I'm with you all the way. Floyd's winning this fight. I don't think it's close. I think maybe if he wants to play with him a little, it'll be around. I think defensively he'll want to show off his expertise and he'll rope a dope when, and he won't get hit in the first round. And then Connor will know. He will know he can't beat him. And then he just tastes a, a big. What are they using? Eight ounce gloves. He'll he'll it'll be a flurry of those, and he'll he'll it'll be a, right right over. Oh, I, I can't even speak anymore. Under eight and a half, <laughs> minus one fifteen. Under eight and a half. This is over in two rounds. Tate is two lower than eight and a half. That it is. That that's what we're putting our money on. Floyd, Floyd by knockout. Floyd under eight and a half. Do it all. Make some money and parlay it with Brian minus sixteen hundred to beat Harry. That's right. That that's the parlay of the century. <laughs> and Sal, do you think these eight the, the lighter gloves? I mean, I think that's going to favor Mayweather anyway. Kellerman said I, he said I, bigger I, ring favors Mayweather, smaller ring, bigger gloves, smaller gloves, you whatever you want to, however you want to say it. All right. Well, that'll do it for us. Uh, we're going to have Nate Diaz on in a second. He's going to try to talk me out of this. I don't know if he's going to be successful. I'm real, really, pretty confident in Floyd right now. But uh, we will also be. Uh, Darren can't make it because these kids in the college again. But uh, Brother Brian and Harry and I, uh, oh, actually, we'll be, Brother Brian and I will be in Las Vegas joining the Super Contest uh, at the Westgate. I think we'll be there probably tomorrow or today. Actually, you, you'll, by the time you're listening, it's too late for this. We'll be there Thursday about one o'clock. So uh, if you could jet over as you're listening to this, do that. Uh, until then, fellas. It's going to be a miserable podcast next week if Floyd loses. But uh, let's make a date of it next week. And Nate Diaz in a minute. 
If you're like me and you're not so great at planning ahead, I've got good news for you. There's this awesome app called Hotel Tonight that helps you find amazing hotel deals at the last minute. It sounds counterintuitive, but unlike flights, hotel rates usually get cheaper at the last minute. And Hotel Tonight helps hotels sell their unsold rooms, allowing them to pass those deals along to you. These aren't last resort places. They're actually cool, top-rated hotels you want to stay in. This weekend, I'm staying at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas, thanks to who? Hotel Tonight. And with so many awesome partner hotels in a ton of different countries, Hotel Tonight can help you find a great hotel almost anywhere, not just Vegas. It's perfect for a spontaneous getaway or finally going on that trip you've been wanting to take for a while. Because even though the app's name is Hotel Tonight, you can book up to a week in advance. All it takes is 10 seconds, three taps, and a swipe. So get in on these killer last-minute deals and download the Hotel Tonight app now. All right, welcome back to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. You know, if you're paying attention to my podcast, you should be able to sense that I'm about to do something potentially really stupid with this fight. I'm a huge Mayweather backer in this matchup with Conor McGregor. I have three sons, and while I can't bet them in Vegas... I am thinking of dumping 10 or 12 semesters worth of their junior college tuition on Floyd. But before I do that, I want to talk things through with a guy who fought and many argue beat Conor McGregor twice in their two UFC matchups, an MMA legend in his own right. Nate Diaz, thanks for being on Against All Odds. Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me. All right. You know, Nate, I know a lot of people are looking to hear your opinions this week, and I thank you in advance for sharing them with me. But before we talk about the fight, I want to mention, Nate, Nate shot a great bit. It was basically a hidden camera bit for us on Jimmy Kimmel Live last year. And if you haven't seen it, Google Nate Diaz, uh, Kimmel, and What's Up. The bit has over 3 million views on YouTube, even more on Facebook. Nate, how many times have you watched the, the video? Uh, a few times. <laughs> I'll every now and then. Yeah. So what we did was we interviewed people in front of our studio asking them who's going to win the rematch between Connor and Nate. And Nate and I Nate and I were watching a monitor inside the building a few feet away and we'd wait for Connor supporters to talk shit about Nate and when they did Nate would walk out, interrupt the trash talking and he'd put his hand on their shoulder and he'd say what he'd simply say what's up and basically these people would shit their pants. Do I have that right Nate? Yeah. Came to my surprise. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But some people surprised me. Like they didn't, we didn't show these in the bit, but some people would talk trash and then see you and they'd continue talking trash. And this infuriated me. They were baiting you. What, what, how did that make you feel? Yeah. Then we almost had to look the ass, huh? Right. Right. Huh? Exactly. And you were really, you were really good about it. You kept your composure. And I was, you know, I was like, oh, shit, Nate is going to kick my ass. Because he has to kick someone's I ass here. Beforehand, I told I told you guys beforehand. I was like, I was like, they're gonna fucking get mad, and we're gonna end up in a fight. And then, and that was down for it, though. So we did it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. What is wrong with people? Like, if you if you would tap me on the shoulder and I was talking shit, I would sooner run into traffic than than continue the trash talking. What What do you think is wrong with people these days? Yeah, I don't know. People are people are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they really are they really are but you are what's great about you is you don't fear anybody right you've said that before uh no yeah Not that i can think of that's an amazing quality when in your life did that did that hit you when did you realize like you know what i, I don't care i kick anyone's ass was it were you in high school or was it after that 
I guess I never really thought about it like that. Yeah. It just happens, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, you and your brother Nick, you must have owned your high school. I, I remember in my school, everyone was afraid of the McGee brothers, <laughs> Arthur and Pookie. And I, I still think third grade Arthur McGee would would fight forty six year old me to a draw. Uh, he was a nine year old. He somehow had a roundhouse kick that could kick over a, a stop sign. But what about you two? Did anyone screw with the Diaz brothers in middle school or high school? Uh, yeah, there was a lot of fights. There was a lot of stuff that went on, and uh, uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of badass in high school. So really, it was, it was a little it was a little rougher in high school, which makes the UFC thing a little easier. Right, exactly. Yeah, and then and so, but they they people were weren't smart about it, huh? They still came after you. Uh not necessarily, but yeah, a little bit, I guess. It's here and there. You're famous now, so you don't really have to deal with that. I don't think on the outside, aside from a if you're doing a stupid bit with us. But I'm told that you yourself will uh, occasionally run into celebrities, and you're sometimes not aware of their fame. Is this true? Uh yeah yeah once or twice this happened. Is any uh any any anyone come to mind specifically? Uh fucking one time I was in the in a club with uh one time I was in a club with with a bunch of my boys we were out a fight and uh, we were in Vegas so I was like let's go to this club let's go to this club we all went out and we're like we're in there having a good time everybody's chilling and then uh they're like hey this guy over here. And there's a big old party going on a couple of tables over from us. They're like, this guy, this guy's excited you're here. He wants to get, he wants to get a picture with you. And I fucking look over. I was like, uh, and I looked over at this crazy table going wild. I'm like, who's that? And they're like, it's fucking, uh, it's, uh, but his name is Gronk. Gronk <laughs> or Gronk. He's a football player, dude. And I looked over and this dude was going wild as hell. He's, uh, he's having a party, man. He was like, Wow. And now he's, he's having the time of his life. He had a whole crew with him, too. They were all having a blast. He comes over and he's like, what's up, mate? Wow, I took a picture. And uh, and overwhelmingly crazy, you know. I was, like, I was like, what's up? Nice to meet you. And he, he went his way. None of them mind. And everybody was like, that was the, that was the talk of the town the next day. He was like, you met uh, Gronk? And I was like, yeah, he was cool. It was just kind of crazy. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was tripped out. I didn't know who it was. And right. then. Everybody else in the whole way, and uh, that's the kind of thing that that set, set me off in, in the in the game. My whole life, you got these superstars know who, who who we are, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, so it's crazy. But uh, now I know who he is for sure. I see him everywhere, and it, it, it's cool cool to see him and remember he was cool and stuff. So it's it's funny. Is Gronk someone you would like to hang with? It seems like you guys would have a lot of fun. Maybe maybe too much fun. Oh, no, I've seen, I've seen him since then, too, and he's always having a blast. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but probably too much fun for me to handle. <laughs> I'm like, all right. That's but great. Every now and then, hey, yeah, he looks like, he looks like a, just a party and a half, man. That guy's no joke. Yeah, he, he doesn't slow down for anything. Maybe because the season uh, is starting, the football season, he'll, he'll party um, – just like from Monday through Thursday, he'll take it easy. But uh, but yeah, he was having a super party, man. I like that motherfucker's crazy. <laughs> Do you run into celebrities? I know this is kind of like a cliche uh, question, but um, like, it, who would you want to play Nate, Nate Diaz in the biopic if they were going to make a movie about your life? Is there an actor uh, that you had pegged to play you? Oh, shit. 
kid. I don't even know who who is that nowadays. Acting. I don't even really watch too much TV anymore. Right. Uh, it definitely has to be Wolverine or uh, what's the dude who fought the uh, remember Leonardo DiCaprio when he fought the bear and almost died. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You you would you would want Leonardo you would want the bear or Leonardo DiCaprio which I think they could both do a good job. <laughs> no, not the bear, not the bear. What they do? Yeah, we do. We need to do that. I never thought about that until now, but those are my picks. Yeah, that's oh, pretty good. Wolverine, remember Wolverine Logan? Uh, Hugh Jackman. Wolverine's a good <laughs> choice. Wolverine's a good choice. I'm thinking maybe a Kellen Lutz type. He's big. He's he's serious looking dude, and uh, maybe. Uh, Maybe Jesse Eisenberg, if Kellen isn't available. But Wolverine is a, is a solid choice. Now, listen, I want to pay you a compliment, and I, I don't know how you're going to react to this, but I believe you personally have saved Gracie Jiu-Jitsu as it pertains to MMA. Now, hear me out. I think in the pad, their style, the Gracie's are so, so effective and yet lethargic. I think it almost killed the sport 15 years ago. And then you, you come along and you add some lightning to the discipline. You put the Gracie's on the map again. What do you think of that? The way I see it, they owe you like uh, 50 dojos. What do you think of that? <laughs> well, I, I represent Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. My coach is Cesar Gracie. So, uh, I, yeah, it's good, it's good to be recognized like that. If anybody is recognizing from that angle. And, uh, yeah. And uh, I, I appreciate it. I like it. Do they think, did they early on think you were too flashy to represent them? Because you are... Well, I mean, it ends up being because you end up you you know a little of everything, so um, you, you make them look good. But um, were you were you like uh, strictly? Would they, they want you to strictly follow their discipline, or did you say I'm going to go out on my own a little and do my own thing as well? No, I'm under Cesar Gracie still to this day, and I still represent for the team, and uh, doing the same thing I always have been, and so so uh, that's that's. Pretty much, that's my my family. What I believe in too is Gracie, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Well, good for you, man. You represent them well. All right, let's talk about the fight this weekend. And listen, I don't know how interested you are in this. You probably just want it all to end already. But whether you want it to be or not, you are all of a sudden a part of the madness. So I'm not sure if you know how gambling works, but you could bet the fight. If you want Floyd, you bet about five dollars. Uh, you bet about five or six dollars to win a dollar. If you want Connor you get like $4 for every dollar you risk. But in an event of this magnitude, they offer what's called prop bets. And you, Nate Diaz, are part of a prop bet. This is a real prop bet on Bovada.com. Will Nate Diaz walk out with Floyd Mayweather to the ring? No is minus 160. Nate, you could tell me now, and we can make literally hundreds of dollars before they take the prop down. Will you walk out with Floyd Mayweather? ha, <laughs> ha. You could bet on that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy that, that you can bet on that. They should call me. Isn't that stupid? That, yeah, you, 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 seem, <laughs> you have a lot of control over that, and you won't even have to lift a finger. That is crazy. Is that something you you're not willing to uh, You're not willing to divulge, huh? <laughs> hey, I'm not going to go jinx in no bets, but time will tell. We'll see what happens. All right. <laughs> All right. You Because I could, I could, you know, I could say... You know, we could just hang out here and watch the fight, and then we could collect on the no, or you know, or maybe you, uh, maybe we say yes, and you accidentally uh, wander uh, down the aisle with Floyd. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Maybe call me off the air, and we'll get this figured okay. out. Okay, I think that's, that's the way to do it. 
You're, you're, you're smarter than I am. I think that I think you figured it out. All right. Spell it out for us, Nate. You fought Connor twice. You spent a lot of time on your feet with him. Does he have a chance or is this all a farce? Of course, he has a chance. This is a fight game. You always have a chance in a fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe uh, believe there's a lot of ignorance going on in the, in the boxing community. Everybody's uh, dissing, dissing Connor and saying he doesn't have a chance and this and that. And they're, they're over over talking, saying stuff like they all think they could they could beat him while he fight Mayweather. And I think he has he has a great chance. Really? And, uh, all right. And um, yeah. I've always top top pros in the fight game, the best pros in the world, and and we're done better than a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I fought Connor for twenty five minutes. So I believe that he's gonna have a. He's definitely going to have a chance fighting and beating the best boxer pound for pound uh, in the world right now. That's that's another story, but uh, a fight to fight, and we're going to watch and see what happens. And uh, hopefully for, for a hell of a fight. So he's got a decent chance. You know, it's funny. Both sides feel the other is being disrespectful. The boxing purists say, how could this MMA star come in and think he's going to beat the best, like you said, pound-for-pound pound fighter in his weight class? Yeah, well, it's crazy because because I'm not on the MMA side. I'll right. tell you who's I'm not on uh, Floyd's side, not on Connor's side, but I'll tell you who's side I'm definitely not on. It's definitely not UFC side. You right. know what I'm saying? And uh, and uh, the boxers, every every fucking pro boxer wants some, some, some say in something, and they have all this criticism. And I think it's a better better... Better opinion. I mean, a better option is keep your opinion out of it, and and not because what happens when they get what happens when when Connor wins. Let's say he wins, mm-hmm. and all that shit, all these fucking boxers talk are sitting there like, oh, we thought you knew, but you actually don't know shit because they say stuff like he doesn't stand a chance. Yeah, right. but they should know just fighters, just being fighters. That if in a fight, everybody stands a chance, and if you're saying that there's no chance, I think that's a big problem. And uh, and the ignorance is the ignorance is crazy because uh, no one actually knows except for a fighter fighter like me or my brother who's part with that high level of pro. Mm-hmm. And I know if I wanted to do a fight like that, uh, I'd be collecting like don't ever count me out because watch me win this shit. So I believe that. Right. I believe that he's got just the more people talking like that gives him more of a chance of doing well and more motivation. So that makes things that makes things more entertaining, more interesting, and. Uh, people start looking at the fight like that, but they're for a, for a better night, I believe. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Like people are fueling the fire. The more naysayers uh, there are, that Floyd uh, Connor is going to feed off of that. Because you uh, know, now, I, the more yeah. the more people don't want, the more people they don't have a chance. Is the more 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 uh, more um, more more fearless you get about this whole situation, and the more more confident you're like, yeah, you think so, huh, motherfuckers? Watch me take over this whole shit. Right. And uh, that's a possibility, and that should be in, in the gamble itself. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. If, if it went the other way, I think Floyd would literally, he would, he would get killed if he went into the octagon. Like, I honestly, I think he literally would die in the octagon against you or Connor. But uh, it, it's a little different when, when you're standing toe to toe. Now we're participating in the sport, but what people don't realize is, is uh, I hear a lot of the boxers too, they'll go like, They'll say, that, they'll say to me, too, we stay in our lane. I'm like, what you don't understand is, uh, speaking for myself, is boxing is my lane. I've just been stuck in MMA this whole career because uh, the the money the money was there. The, 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 the uh, 
contracts were there, and I was I was second MMA. But I've been the way I train for these fights is just like a boxer train for a boxing match only. I add the jiu-jitsu and the wrestling and the kickboxing stuff. There's a lot more work. So now now we're dealing with just one one aspect. So uh, even he said it that it's uh, going to be less work. And, you know, it's work, we're in one discipline. And I always said to all my partners and all my people, I said, if I only had to do one thing, if I, if I only had to do jiu-jitsu or only had to do boxing, I'd be the best boxing one. I'd be the best jiu-jitsu guy in the world. But I have to worry about all this shit. I'm, and I'm the top. Most likely, I'm the best. I just beat the pound-for-pound best fucking MMA fighter in the world who's not supposedly not on steroids. And uh, so I'm already number one in that sport. If I just had to worry about one thing, I think I would own that one, too. And now we got Connor doing it. Yeah. So we got the number two guy fighting for the number one position in boxing. And uh, I think it, I think it's, it's possible, and everybody count him out tripping, and uh, he's still finding the best in the world. Though, so we have a fight on our hands. Yeah, uh, you said something interesting there, and I caught it. Your best best fighter not on steroids, of course. John Jones tested positive, or the news came out yesterday. They tested positive uh, for the Cormier fight. Does that surprise you at all? Uh, no, I, I believe that. Like I said before, and I stick to it. I, I believe that everybody's on steroids the whole game. Because me and my brother were not on steroids, and uh, and uh, it's, it's a fucking, it's a serious thing. And I don't think that's ever going to end. So, uh, I, what's surprising to me is everybody being surprised when someone gets busted for steroids, especially someone who's already been busted. You like, you know what I'm saying? These yeah. guys know how to pass these tests. Somehow, Colin, uh, somehow, uh, John didn't get caught with his test. But um, but uh, they, I don't know why, because they all know how to pass the test. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They all know how to pass the test. I hear about it. They, they, the fight game tells me everything I know on the inside. And, fucking, and they all know how to pass the test. I don't know what happened with him. So. Yeah. But it's not, it shouldn't be surprising when people get busted for steroids. It's like, uh, oh, yeah, another one bites the day. Right, right. Well, that's good that you're able to stay clean. And really, what's to stop Connor from doing steroids for this fight? I mean, he's not looking at a career as a boxer. He's not. He's not worried about what the New York, uh, what the Nevada State Athletic Commission the boxing division is going to say. He's probably done with boxing after this. So, don't, don't you think it's likely that he'll 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 take steroids for this fight? I'm not going to tarnish his name like that in that area, but uh, like, but don't be surprised if, if they're both on steroids. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, I'm not the one to call that, even though I called it from the beginning. That they're all on fucking steroids. Mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. I ain't singling nobody, but I'm not singling nobody out. You know what I'm saying? No, I hear you. I hear you. Um, Paulie, so, Ma- Paulie Malignaggi. Now let let's signal somebody right now, though. Paulie Malignaggi. Connor's former sparring partners in the news bad mouthing the McGregor camp. You don't agree with how outspoken he's been, correct? Oh no, he's doing his thing. Uh, whatever happened with the little drama case, he's kind of on these a lot of buzz uh, and and putting his name out there and, and getting the, the attention, probably more attention than he's ever had in his boxing career. Right. You know, what I'm saying? that's what the thing about MMA is. Uh, the money was in boxing because the money was in boxing because. Uh, because the sports been around so long and the money had to be there and everybody can't after a while people get the gimmick they're like hold on there's a lot of money being made we all need to get paid so, mm-hmm. but uh, the, uh, but the exposure and the, uh, the the marketing and all the stuff that the MMA's got beats everything I think every sport I think we're the most popular people in the world Right. but what's keeping us from being the most popular people in the world is the lack of uh, financials you know I think 
this is coming to a change in the sport where uh, all the boxers are realizing. I know that's what I'm saying about the boxers are all the boxers are all talking about uh, how City Con is doing all these things because and they keep going on it because it's the most most exposure they've gotten in their whole careers. You know, they talk about one thing and now they get tweeted, they get fucking, they get following. Everybody's asking more questions, and uh, it's all from the MMA. MMA uh, side uh, is it, building their popularity. So I think that's what's happening with Paul Malinaji. And he's like, okay, well, this what well, this is an opening for me, and he took it. Right. I think he's doing a good job on yeah. that part. Yeah, and then so, he gets the call and, uh, to fight. It's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, or just uh, or just when he fights anybody in the future. Now everybody knows him as the guy. You know, you're the guy who's fucking. So now everybody wants to see what his deal now. I did not build up maybe a fight later between them. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He he made a name for himself for sure. All right. Let, let me throw some fake props by you and you answer. These are things that you can't bet on, but that you should be allowed to bet on. If you fought Floyd in an MMA match, MMA rules, how long would the fight last over or under 39 and a half seconds? Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about the champ like that. Disrespect the OG. He's older than me. That's the man right there. That's number one. So I'm going to leave that one alone. Listen, don't worry about it. If, if he comes after you, I got your back. So don't worry about that. If that's what you're worried about. Oh, I'm good then. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to answer now, that's fine. All right. Fake prop. <laughs> <laughs> Over under three and a half years before Nate Diaz appears on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> never. Never. So you're saying way over. Yeah. <laughs> there have been uh there have been MMA stars. Chuck Liddell did it. Paige Van Zandt was she was a runner up. You you wouldn't partake, huh? Nah, we nah. No. All right. What about the bachelor? Actually you, you have a girlfriend, right? You would you wouldn't be the bachelor. You wouldn't do anything like that? Yeah. Go off the bachelor, so yeah. <laughs> All right, one one more thing. If you had to just box Connor, it's a boxing match. You think you would do well? Uh, unanimous decision or knockout finish. I win that fight. Really? That's a quick one. All right. Do you want to make a uh, prediction for this Mayweather uh, Connor fight? Uh, no, I'm going to watch hopefully for a good fight and. Uh, and, uh, okay. Entertainment. All right. Well, we just have to figure out where you're going to, well, you say you're going to watch. Are you going to be watching from the tunnel coming out because we can make money or are you watching from home? All right. Well, we'll discuss that. <laughs> we'll discuss that uh, off air. You know, I'll tell you what, I'm going to set up and I'll, I'll take a quarter of a percent. I want you to fight Pacquiao and I think you'd make $250 million. It'd be the same kind of deal. And uh, I think you'd whip him in the ring, in the boxing ring. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to set that up. I'm going for the heavyweight. Oh, you want heavyweight? heavyweight. Really? We'll take the heavyweight gym. Let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this. All right, how about this fake prop? You and your brother Nick against the Klitschko brothers, all four of you in the ring at the same time, anything goes. Diaz brothers are four-to-one favorite. How do you say? Give me some. uh, Yeah, I'm not going to disrespect them too. (laughs) Those are OGs. Much love to the Klitschkos, man. It's all good. (laughs) <laughs> well, zero problem, big fella. That's good. All right, God, you know I have to learn something about disrespect because I I seem to disrespect everyone. You're 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 a much better right. you're a much better guy than I am. Nate, great job. Thanks for coming on. Please come back soon. I appreciate it.
That'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. If you think you're eligible for our Degenerate Gamblers Hall of Fame or just want to shoot us an email, do so at CousinSalAgainstAllOdds at gmail.com. Tweet me at TheCousinSal. And that's that for the Degenerate Trifecta and Nate Diaz. I'm Cousin Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Things change. The weather changes. Your mood definitely changes. So why lock yourself into plans that might change? With Hotel Tonight, you don't have to because you'll get incredible deals on awesome hotels, even at the last minute. Booking on Hotel Tonight gives you the freedom and flexibility to play things by ear while knowing you'll score a great price and a great place to stay. So download the Hotel Tonight app to find seriously amazing deals now.